right, lots to get to with Mr. Oster, but we begin, as we always do, giving you the opportunity to win a $25 gift certificate from Sorgles in Wexford if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020. He's got a great interview, talking FIPS in just a little bit, and a lot more to get to, including Mrs. Know-It-All. But without further ado, let's welcome him to the big show. He is the host of The Organic Gardener, Doug Oster. Good morning, Doug. Good morning, Rob. How are you doing this morning? Oh, I couldn't be better. 37 out there. That's a brisk start to the Well, Sunday. do you really want the truth? I've been without power for 12 hours. Are you serious? I slept oh. in a cold, dark basement. I actually went out to my car to get warmed up, and I had no food. So it was a long night, two hours sleep, but I'm oh. here because of the organic gardener. That's oh, why I'm here. I appreciate you showing up. I'll, I'll take it from here. You go to sleep for 15 minutes. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, after our first break, I've got a great guest. It's Jordan Molino. Uh, she's the Associate Director of Exhibits at Phipps Conservatory, and she designed the Spring Flower Show, which is now open. Actually, sold out today, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you can go all the way through April. We'll talk about it when we get there, but I'm telling you, I had the best time uh, seeing this show. The Spring Show might be my favorite just because you know, even on a year like this where we've got an early start, just seeing everything uh, blooming, the tulips, the daffodils, it's just beautiful and lots of fragrance. I mean, so many hyacinths. It's really spectacular. And so, as I said, after we have our first break, uh, we'll talk to her a little bit. And uh, after the news, it's all your calls at 866-391-1020. Then Mrs. Know-It-All talking about getting the garden and power tools ready for the season. And I wanted to kick it off with a different way to start seeds, which uh, I did this year. And uh, we've talked about it before. It's, a, it's They call it winter sowing. And so I just you just take some kind of container. In my case, I just took oh, the big one-gallon water jugs and just cut them all the way around about, you know, halfway until you just leave a little hinge there drilled some holes on the bottom, filled it up with soil or actually a planting mix. Uh, the the trick always is getting that plant, planting mix moist before putting it into any container. And uh, again, we've talked about this a lot, but to get it to the right consistency, you squeeze it. And if it drips, it's too wet. If it doesn't stick together, it's too dry. So we just get it right. Well, I filled up three of these maybe a week ago, a week and a half ago with the planting mix, and I put uh, some cool seeds in there, closed that top up, and they're all three are sprouting. I looked at them yesterday, and I've got some cool stuff in there, a type of arugula. It's called Red Streaked Arugula. I got it from a place called Kitchen Garden Seeds, and, I, you know, I became obsessed with arugula uh, a long time ago when I took my first trip uh, overseas with my wife to Italy for our 25th, and we're on 40-something coming up. And uh, it was, you know, back then you couldn't call back here. You could, you just, it was two weeks on our own. It was like being kids again. It was the first time we, you know, didn't have all these responsibilities of children and work and everything. And it, it was just so wonderful. We were sitting on the side of the road at this little restaurant. Actually, what's funny is, when Andy Anrime went uh, from Evie Truvelier, when he went to Italy, I turned him on to the same restaurant, and they kept him there for three hours. They were so excited that somebody came back on a recommendation. But anyway, sitting on the side of the road in the shadow of the Vatican and served this salad with rocket in it, and I didn't know what rocket was, and that was arugula, and that 
that just started my obsession with different arugulas and red streaked arugula as it as the name says it just has this uh, red streakiness to the uh, leaves it's really cool then i got some lettuce going and then something again you know i love this weird stuff it's a strange asian green from baker creek heirloom seeds and it's called chiza masai c h i j i m i s a i and let me uh, just read you the um, explanation from the baker creek catalog a runaway winner of the Baker Creek Tasting and Growing Trials. This stunning new superfood contains high amounts of vitamin A. It also is a great source of minerals and protein, a cross between two of the most delicious and hearty greens, tatsoi and something called, I'm going to butcher this name, komatasuna. The lightly savoyed leaves of Chisamasaya have a velvety texture lightly umami flavor <laughs> that make it a remarkable spinach substitute. This innovative new heirloom Asian green is both heat and cold tolerant, making it suitable for growing year-round in most zones. And that, that year-round is, is the point that I'm most interested in because, as you know, you know, spinach just goes April, May, and then gets hot and bolts. It goes to seed, and we don't have it anymore. I've grown this before uh, last year, this green, and there was a mention in there of tatsoi, uh, which is another one of the cool weather greens that I love. And I'm just uh, want you to try something new, something different. And, you know, you can look through the Baker Creek catalog. You can look through the Kitchen Garden Seeds catalog. You can find lots of cool, weird seeds at your uh, local nursery. And don't be afraid to try something, especially when it's from the Greens family. I think you'll be surprised at at how fun it is to grow these different things and um, just add them to your salad. You know, I, I tell this story all the time that when my kids come back, they want that weird salad that I make out of dandelion greens, arugulas, mustard greens, all sorts of crazy stuff. And for you garlic growers, it's time for your first of seven harvests. And I posted this on Facebook. So, when the garlic comes up, it has this little bud in the in the center, and you you pick it right before it unfolds to look like the rest of the foliage, like the rest of the leaves. There's something about it. It's only around for a couple of weeks, and it's early on. And so I posted this, and I had like a handful of them. I posted a bunch of them, in my, you know, with a picture of my hand. And one of my friends, who I know hates garlic, she you know, had a funny comment. But then somebody else I know that likes garlic, she tried it. She said it was, thought it was way too garlicky for her. I, I don't see it that way. I see the greens as kind of a mild garlic flavor, but you know me and my garlic. Uh, I responded back that, uh, you know, I'm eating raw cloves, so the greens don't really mean that much to me. So I do have a, a, a post at DougOster.com uh, about all the other harvests we get from uh, as garlic growers, uh, seven in total. And uh, I am uh, going back to Croatia and we had a webinar last week. We're going to be on a private yacht. Believe it or not, even though it's over a year from now, it's already more than halfway sold out. And if you ever dreamed of going to Croatia, if you ever dreamed of traveling this way, um, it's a good price point. Um, we're going to see Zagreb. We're going to do an olive oil tasting, farm-to-table dinner, the seven nights on the Adriatic Adriatic Plus. Uh, a couple days in different cities, uh, 
Cornati National Park, Sibenik, and we're going to tour the Cathedral of St. James, and we've got lots more stops. If that interests you, like I said, it's probably going to be sold out here by, I don't know, May. Uh, after that uh, webinar, people were signing up like crazy. There's only so much room on this boat. It only holds 35 people, and I did it once before. It's just a blast. And before we get to our break, I've started a new series of free online organic gardening classes for Farm to Table by Local. We've got nine classes left. It's every Thursday at 5 p.m., but they're also recorded. And we're having a lot of fun. This is an interactive class when we do it live, and so we're talking back and forth, and I'm presenting, uh, you know, a uh, uh, sort of PowerPoint presentation, and we're talking all about gardening. This week it's all about compost, how to do it the right way, and then building the best garden soil for a successful garden. You know, <laughs> I talk about it over and over again, by improving that soil, you will you will have such a better chance of having this great garden. Uh, and, you know, you might not have to make your own compost, but you can get compost, and it's just the best way to garden. All right, Rob, how about we take a break, and when we come back, we'll talk to my friend Jordan from Phipps. All right, sounds good, Doug. Hey, it's almost time for us to feed the need with the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. March 29th, Giant Eagle Feed the Need Radiothon will be raising money to provide meals for our neighbors in need. Text NEED to 50155, and your donation will provide meals locally. Brought to you by Abanowitz Jewelers, Isley's and Bino's Deli Condiments, Centimark, uh, Santel Landscaping, and Vanagee and Tri-State Office, plus $1 from all purchases of Iron City and Pittsburgh Brood, will help our efforts. And you can now buy your Feeding All Yens t-shirt from Steel City Clothing with proceeds going to our Feed the Knee campaign. All details at kdkradio.com. All right, Rob Pratt Sunday. It's your Pratt Pack back to Doug to set it up. His interview moments away talking Phipps. Doug? Well, I spent uh, a couple hours at Phipps with a dear friend talking about the Spring Flower Show. Here's the interview. We are on location at Phipps Conservatory and Botanical Gardens, and I'm with Jordan Molino. She is the Associate Director of Exhibits here, and we are looking at a giant bottle of perfume. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, a 10-foot-tall perfume bottle in the center of our palm court that demar demarks this room as a fragrant room. Parts of the perfume bottle are planted in succulents. Uh, it's a really cool way to make a topiary frame um, with our planted succulents. And then this room features fragrance with beautifully fragrant hyacinths um, that are in the containers as guests walk into the room, as well as a really lovely Asiatic lily apricot fudge. So our visit is to the Spring Flower Show. What is this year's theme? Five senses of splendor, and we have all of the senses covered in this show. Uh, of course, I don't uh, suggest that people taste uh, directly out of our <laughs> gardens as one of the senses, uh, but we certainly grow uh, food and plants here in the conservatory that goes to the cafe for our guests to taste. So in front here, sh explain what we're looking at here. That is really beautiful, the combination of the red tulips and what else is in there? Yeah, so below the perfume bottle is a combination of blue lobelia. I love this bedding lobelia. It's very compact with a almost like a cherry dark cherry red tulip called dominic and we're waiting for a third tulip called brisbane which is a double flowering 
fringed edge uh, tulip will be spectacular. Ian, I saw a picture of it. It is going to be spectacular. All right, you take us through room to room and we'll see if we can give a visual picture through the radio of this wonderful show. Smell-o-vision. Smell-o-vision, that's good. <laughs> Doug, this is my favorite part of the show. Oh my gosh, I have many favorite parts of the show, but this is certainly one of them. We created a colorful canopy of chimes in the sunken garden. You can hear ever so softly twinkling. Um, these are cast iron bells, and we created a, uh, a wind curtain here just to cap capture the, uh, the gift tags that are hanging off of each bell. And each one of those tags has a different saying on it. Happy spring. What else do we yeah, have? Spring, spring is here. Uh, one I wrote, uh, from spring to winter, goodbye. <laughs> and then in the sunken garden, in that fountain. Uh, we have a, uh, a fountain in the center of the sunken garden, and uh, just that trickling water in here creates a, an additional sensory effect. And blue, blue, blue with Lots of very tall delphinium, almost three feet tall, purpley blues. Um, the fragrance in here is very interesting too. A very unique bulb called Fritillaria, which smells a little skunky, but it's certainly interesting. That's when we know the deer don't eat, right? Yes. <laughs> but, oh gosh, I wish I could grow delphiniums like that. These are beautiful. And then the tulip combination in here is purple, orange, and yellow. Uh, the orange tulip is Princess Irene, which is a very fragrant tulip. Uh, very lovely. All right, let's keep walking. This is so beautiful. Well, we were stopped in our tracks by a yellow tulip. What is it? Yes, Doug, look at this. This is yellow Fabio. So last year, everyone's favorite tulip was Fabio, which was a red with a yellow fringed edge. And this year, this is a bright yellow with a yellow fringed edge called yellow Fabio. Beauty. The Victoria Room is all about textures, and we encourage our visitors to touch all of these plants. The sensitive plant, Mimosa. Oh, I love this thing. When I was a kid, those were the best things. Yes, look at that. It closes as you touch it and reacts to your, to your touch. Another favorite is Pilea Moon Valley, which has a very rough-edged leaf. And a multi-stemmed daffodil, which multi is a beauty. With an amazing fragrance. Ooh. What's it called? Geranium. Oh man. And there goes the fountain. And there goes the fountain. Well, the first thing walking into the broderie room is the fragrance of these daffodils. And man, those are huge yellow trumpets. Yeah, and talk about a color contrast. So our broderie room has formal edged gardens. And within each hedge is a purple cineraria paired with yellow giant uh, trumpet daffodils and the contrast is absolutely phenomenal and some yellow snapdragons too which are cool yeah three foot tall yellow snapdragon this is a uh, fragrant herb garden you can see it's more in a formal knot garden shape here so we have lavender rosemary oh, citronella that, that rosemary smells so good yeah that's lovely also paired with hyacinth stock um, and fragrant daffodils we're in the East Room, and this is Jordan Molino's whimsy room, right? Do you feel like you're in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids? This is cool. Everything is oversized. We have three-foot-tall watering cans that are spurting out water into the pond below, nine-foot-tall uh, tulip props as well as cineraria props, overhead hanging baskets that are billowing with blue hydrangea absolutely beautiful how do they how do you come up with like the big watering cans like does somebody here build them or do you buy them like from some how, how do they come about we fabricate most of our props here we have a very creative team in our facilities department and in our exhibits department 
Um, so I come up with the concept, basic dimensions, color, shape, and then they decide how they can build it and make it work. And the water cans are, they have a pump in them, so they're actually spraying out water. <laughs> yep, yeah. And I see a split corona daffodil there. Do this you, is, do you this, remember the name? Yes, this is daffodil orangery. Um, so it almost has a pinwheel look to it. Really beautiful. It's also paired with tulip slava, which is a dark purple paired with an orange edge. Well, we're sitting in the serpentine room next to some amazingly fragrant hyacinths. The birds are chirping in the background, and I don't know this plant that's next to them, but it is a stunner. This plant here is Nemesia Nessia Tutti Frutti, and it is like a mauve pink yellow and a, a lemon yellow mottled, and it really goes well with this hot pink hyacinth, Yanbos. You know, what do you hope that people get out of their time when they come visit the Spring Flower Show here at Phipps? This show is a feast for the senses. It's meant to be fun and friendly and really for all ages. Lots of interactive elements. With a wave of your hand, you can make a fountain run, <laughs> uh, play on a xylophone and add your sounds to the show. Um, so really just come out, enjoy the beauty of the plants and have some fun. Well, Jordan, there's nothing like the Spring Show and this is your 14th or? 14th year here at Phipps, <laughs> yep. Well, it looks absolutely wonderful. As always, thanks for your time. Thanks, Doug. That was fun. All right, good stuff. Uh, the Phipps Conservatory, an incredible place and a garden full of fun and a whole lot of stuff to see. Great job by those two. Now, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. We've got Rob coming up at the bottom of the hour, latest on those power outages. Yeah, it's been a very wild and wooly, close to 24 hours here in western Pennsylvania. Uh, Duquesne Light, 22,000 customers out. West Penn Power, 10,000 out. I've been one of them since about 3.30 yesterday afternoon, so hopefully we'll get this thing turned around. But they're saying some of this power couldn't be back until possibly tomorrow night. But we're keeping our fingers crossed for many people in the region and hoping that is a better outcome. In the meantime, if you want to talk to Doug, 866-391-1020, 866-391-1020. We'll take your calls coming up in the third segment after Rob checks the news at the bottom of the hour on KDKA. And then it's Mrs. Know-It-All on The Organic Gardener on KDKA Pittsburgh. Good morning. Yes, it is the Organic Gardener, Doug Oster. Before we get back to Doug, if you've got some gardening questions on your mind, I highly urge you to let your fingers do the walking and start dialing 866-391-1020 because after this third segment, Mrs. Know-It-All will drop by and they're going to be talking garden tools and power tools. But if you have any gardening questions, call us now, 866-391-1020. And if you're the 10th caller at 412-922-1020, you win a $25 gift certificate to Janoski's. What a great opportunity to get in on some great savings for the upcoming holiday season. But now, Doug, as we await your phone calls, has got some thoughts about gardening and how to kick off that cold weather crop season. Doug, go well, ahead. Well, let's start off with uh, a little note about the Spring Flower Show. It's actually sold out today, Five Senses of Splendor. But tickets are available starting tomorrow, and the show runs through April 16th. You must get time tickets in advance. That's that popular. And then I got a text from my friend Paul Danik who said, was it Phipps Friday night? And you forgot to mention how awesome the food is. Had the chicken barley spinach soup. Awesome. And they do have an amazing cafe there. I eat there all the time. And the first thing I want to talk about in the garden is leaving everything up for the pollinators. Uh, if you're doing that like I am, not cleaning up the garden, uh, it's too early to, to cut everything down, even though it seems like nice and warm and ready to go. But if you have all these things with hollow stems and leaves on the uh, 
on the ground, leave them there for a little bit. When when I do take everything down uh, in eh, usually mid-April, depending on how the temperatures go, I kind of bundle it all up and put it on top of the compost pile. So if there is anything left in there uh, that can that's going to hatch out, they'll just hatch out at the compost pile and do their thing. You know, I'm always attracting the birds to the garden during the winter because I want them to have this foraging route. And when they do have their babies, they'll use that foraging route to hunt and to see them hunt in the garden and give those little caterpillars and stuff to their young is <laughs> they're helping you garden. That's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons that I'm an organic gardener is that I want anything that's in there to be safe for the pollinators, be safe for the birds. But there's some kind of crazy, uh, uh, research that shows that like a pair of chickadees need like 3,000 caterpillars in a season to feed their young. And so in my garden, I'm, I'm a, attracting them by uh, feeding, but also by putting up uh, little birdhouses for them. And I, I mostly get uh, the the wrens to come in. And I love to watch the wrens. The wrens don't, they're not afraid of people. And you can just sit there and watch them eating those cabbage worms, grabbing them and flying up to that little birdhouse and those little babies sing for their supper. Uh, it is time to start planting outdoors, but only certain things can go outdoors. And with all that rain we had in the last uh, few days, your soil is probably going to be too wet. Uh, I know that you hear this over and over again, but everybody needs to hear it. If you get in there with that shovel and turn it over and the dirt sticks to the shovel, it's too wet to work. In that case, if we do want to get started, we just get a bag of compost from our local nursery, throw it on the bed, and then we start seeding our, could be radishes, could be Swiss chard, lettuce, uh, some of these other cool weather crops I was talking about at the top of the show, tatsoi, um, carrots, beets, uh, everything that loves cool weather. And uh, it's so and peas, you know, I'm I'm the St. Patrick's Day pea planter, but uh, we still continue to plant peas. In fact, I found a uh, I found a, a packet of peas in there just the other day that I'm going to put in, and so get that early stuff in, and uh, it's just great to get started early, and you'll be harvesting early, and uh, succession planting is a big part of these weather crops when it comes to like something like lettuce i'll have many many crops of lettuce over the years uh, over the year and that's because the lettuce that we put in today it will never be there when we get to the end of the season when the tomatoes we're harvesting our tomatoes and so what what happens and we talk about this all the time that the cool weather crops they'll, they'll love and thrive in this cool weather even though it's going to get below freezing they don't care they thrive in this cool weather, but then once it gets hot, they do this thing called bolting, where they'll go to seed, and when they do, the leaves become bitter and inedible, and then we just start again. Sometimes, like in the case of, of some lettuces, I will just let them go to seed and just stay there. They'll drop their seeds. When they're ready, they'll sprout again later in the season. Uh, I do that a lot with arugula, actually. We talked about red-streaked arugula at the top of the show. And my arugulas, a lot of times I'll just let them go to seed when they do it. You know, arugula, it's, it basically grows like a weed. But, again, you get to that really hot weather and they panic. 
They know that they need to make more of the species, and that's what that bolting is all about. But you can let them self sow. There's another uh, really beautiful annual flower that I love growing uh, called Nicotiana. It's also called flowering tobacco, and it's another one that it it self sows. And so uh, it's so wonderful. Like to give plant, like I'll start plants in the greenhouse, get them going. I'll give them to friends. And then they'll always have Nicotiana. The, the variety I'm growing is called uh, Jasmine Tobacco. And that's awesome. And we've got some calls. So we're going to take some calls right now. Let's say hi to Vince, who's got a tree question for Doug Oster. Hi, Vince. Good morning. Thanks for taking my call. You I'll bet. listen to you guys. I had a question. I was looking up some information about a tree that I'd like to get, but I'm having trouble finding out where I can get one. It's called the pawpaw tree. I know they're they're native uh, in North America, and I've seen some research and uh, they grow like in southwestern Pennsylvania, West Virginia, southern Ohio, and further south. But I don't think I've ever seen one in Butler County here. So I just wonder if you knew about them. Uh, I know they have some fruit uh, that you can eat, and uh, you can actually grow grow them from seed, but. I'd like to get my hands on some some of those and plant them in my backyard. Well, I'm a pawpaw fanatic. Uh, I started planting pawpaws 20 years ago, and yes, it's a native. You need two trees uh, so that they'll okay. put on put on fruit. It's going to be better off for you to find a couple trees. And believe it or not, you do have them up there in Butler County. You just you have to know what to look for. And the fruit is. You know, oftentimes about the size of a potato, and it you can't pick it early. That's why you'll never, rarely ever see it in the market. And it has a flavor that we often say is a cross between a mango and a banana. There's a good story mm-hmm. about uh, Lewis and Clark subsisting on pawpaws one September when they couldn't scare up game. Now, there's also a story that George Washington loved pawpaws, uh, also Thomas Jefferson, and so you can find the trees at local nurseries uh, up in Butler there. I, I would uh, give uh, Lake Forest a call and see if they have them. But down here, okay. you know, close close to the city, we've got um, places that have trees. Tree Pittsburgh uh, was offering the pawpaw trees also. So take a look online uh, there. If you can't find them locally, uh, you can get them shipped to you. With, we call Bear Root, which is... Uh, just no soil on there it's cheap to ship them and once you get it in place it's going to take a few years to get that fruit on there but it's a a tree that likes to grow as what we call an understory tree so under uh you know under the big oak forest and uh it's a it's a just an amazing amazing fruit and next week uh from davy tree miles stevens is on with me and he's another pawpaw fanatic once you okay. get them and you taste them, you are just going to absolutely love them. It's not an easy fruit to eat, yeah. though. It has these big, giant seeds in it. Uh, but you should be able to find the trees locally. And if you have any trouble finding the trees, just go to DougOster.com, click on the contact button, and send me an email, and we'll okay. try and find a place for you to hook up and, and get them. But you're going to need two trees mm-hmm. so it puts on fruit. And once they get started, they do something called suckering, and you'll have little little seedling trees everywhere it's a, it's an amazing tree <laughs> okay 
All right, Ben, you have a great day. Coming up, Mrs. Know-It-All when we get back with the Organic Gardener on KDK. Next hour, the Incredible Edible Egg with Frank Dantisi on the Coons Cooking Hour. All right, Doug, she is back. Time for Mrs. Know-It-All. That's horticulturalist Denise Schreiber. Good morning, Denise. How are you? And good morning. Spring's here, I think. Yeah, what's go- before we start talking about tools, what's going on in your garden? Uh, not much because with all this rain, it's just way too mucky mm-hmm. to work out there. You know, I've uh, got some things popping up. I grow something called heirloom celery, and mm-hmm. it it's you grow it for the leaves rather than the stalks. And like you were talking about letting lettuce reseed, I do that with the celery because it's a biennial. It looks just like parsley, but it has this wonderful celery flavor to it. Wow. And, and it, a lot of people grow, um, oh, it's escaping me right now, another plant, and they're like, oh, it tastes like celery, but then it has a bitter aftertaste. This doesn't. So mm. you start the seed when it's cool, you know, you scatter it out and let it go. And I just harvest the leaves all summer long. You know, I use it in anything that calls for celery, and I don't have regular celery handy. And then I also dry it and put it in a jar. So, you know, come January, oh, I need some celery, and I can just go in and grab a handful of it. It it really is a good celery flavor. And I get the seed from Renee's. Oh, great. Yeah, so you just kind of sprinkle it on pat it in and you can do it now actually it does like really cool almost cold temperatures to germinate and then i have it i've had it now for four years in my garden i've only planted it once so let's talk about uh, garden tools getting them ready for the season yeah well the first thing is take your uh lawnmower take the blades to a hardware store and get them sharpened because there's nothing worse than your lawn looking like, uh, you know, somebody from the Game of Thrones came through with their <laughs> with their swords, you know, and decided to, you know, do, take care of your lawn. You know, you talk know, about I, that. Talk about the importance of that sharp blade. It, you know, it is uh, an important thing for uh, when you're growing grass. Yeah, you actually do want to sharp. If you have a, a a ragged blade, it can actually rip up chunks of your lawn as well as not performing. You're using more energy. So whether you have a gas or a uh, battery-powered one, you know, you're losing it. You know, I have, I switched two years ago to battery-powered lawnmower. It's wonderful. It's it's lighter. There's no trying to rip my shoulder out getting it started. Uh, which, you know, a lot of people can relate to that. I and love mine too, Denise. I love mine. You know, I hate cutting grass, but with this uh, rechargeable battery-powered one that I got from Andy, it, it's, like you said, so lightweight. It always starts, uh, and it makes uh, cutting the grass super easy. And it's quiet, you know. Uh, Good point. There's, there's nothing worse, especially on a Sunday morning, waking up to your <laughs> yeah. neighbor with, you know, this gas-powered lawnmower. And, you know, all you do really is take the battery out and store it for the winter. You don't have to worry about putting any additives into the mower itself. And 
you know, hoping you get the right amount and then hoping come springtime, it starts again, which we don't <laughs> know. I've switched to a lot of battery-powered tools for the garden. Now, most people don't think of a chainsaw as a uh, garden tool, but I use it for some major pruning. I have a very small one um, I got from Ryobi. It's a 10-inch. It's very lightweight. So it's not like the ones you see on TV where, you know, they're cutting down the forest. This is very lightweight, very easy to use. You know, I've loaned it out to friends. They're like, oh, my, I want, I want one of these, and they've gotten them. I have a battery-powered weed whacker as well. I don't have a lot to trim, uh, just a little bit, and it's, it's the right size. But you can get them in almost any size you want. And I understand they have a riding mower that's a battery powered and i don't have one i'd like to <laughs> you know i've seen them I, actually i did a story at phipps they have the commercial grade ones and they love them they love them uh and actually my son has one too and it's the same advantages of everything else and with today's technology they can they can do anything that uh, a gas powered uh tool or mower could do yeah, and you know what else too? Uh, most of the most of the battery powered mowers are mulching mowers as well, so you don't have to rake up grass or you know find a place to you know dump it somewhere. You know you can just simply leave it there, let it break down, add some nitrogen to the soil, and everybody's happy all the way around. And you know, <laughs> and I don't have to listen to that noise. <laughs> Was there anything else you had on your mind regarding garden tools? Well, um, you know, the other thing is our hand tools, you know, our trowels, our claws, our hoary hoary knives. If if you don't know what a hoary hoary knife is, my husband asked me when I brought one home, I thought where was Rambo? <laughs> but but it is what we call like a soil knife. So you can use it to weed, you can use it to actually cut some more uh, the thicker perennial stems when you go to cut them down. Uh, it, it it's really good. You kind of stab things. It, it's really good for working out some frustration as well. <laughs> All right, good stuff, Mrs. Know-it-all. Doug, we've got less than a minute. Time to take us home. After the show at DougOster.com. That website is in disarray right now, but my team is working on it, my team being one person. <laughs> Learn more about my free online organic classes every Thursday, 5 p.m., and details of my trip to Croatia on a private yacht. Remember, organic gardeners, you make our world brighter and safer with each seed you sow and every garden you grow. All right, Doug, thanks. Good show. Coming up right after the news at 8 o'clock, it is Frank Dentisi, and today it is the incredible edible egg. So get ready to phone in with all of those incredible egg recipes. The latest on the power outage, the latest numbers, and possibly when we'll be back online. That all coming up with Rob Taylor in the news at 8. Sunday morning on KDKA.